Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Now, if you're working a low-wage job in Chicago, it's nearly impossible to afford an apartment. The minimum wage in the city is $15.40 an hour, but a new study suggests you need much more to make rent, closer to $28 an hour. And that's for a two-bedroom. You might think a one-bedroom would cost a lot less, but you'd be wrong. The report says Chicagoans need $24 an hour for that one bedroom. So why this disconnect between wages and rent and what can be done to close the gap? Bob Palmer is policy director at Housing Action Illinois. Let's lay out some numbers here, Bob. What is the average rent right now in Chicago for, let's say, a two-bedroom apartment? I believe it's about $1,300. That's based on the Mm. federal fair market rents, which is a big uh, average, actually, for the whole Chicago metropolitan area. So what people experience in their neighborhood, particularly um, in more uh, popular neighborhoods, like on the north side of Chicago, rents are going to be much higher than that average fair market rent. Yeah. And uh, one bedroom? How much is that right now? I believe it's around 1100 Around 11 So around 1100 for a one-bedroom and 13 for mm-hmm. a two. How many hours would someone have to work a week on current minimum wage, that's the $15.40 an hour, to be able to afford those rates? Well, really, based on the average fair market rents, it's about one and a half for two jobs working full-time, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year, no vacation, no time off, like one and a half or two jobs, depending on the apartment size. And again, that's for an average, very modest yeah. apartment. If you're trying to get into a neighborhood where the rents are higher, I mean, you're just not going to be able to afford it. Yeah. And or all- you're adding a lot of side hustles to your exactly. Uh, repertoire. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of folks out there are working multiple jobs, trying to make rent in this city. They're working multiple jobs and or they're paying way more than 50 percent of their income for housing. When we look at extremely low-income households across the state, about three-quarters of them are paying more than 50 percent of their income just for housing, where the general rule of thumb is you should not pay more than 30 percent of your income for housing. So that means, you know, after you pay for housing, you don't have much left for anything else. And Mm. if you lose income— you're really at risk of homelessness. And that's why we have homelessness in our society is the lack of affordable housing. My goodness. So this is really affecting families out there. Families, individuals, seniors, people with disabilities, people on fixed incomes, anyone who has insufficient income. So how much have rents gone up in recent years, would you say? Like what kind of effect did the pandemic have? Well, rents have always gone up. We have released this report every year. I've been in Housing Action Illinois for quite a long time. And it's been pretty steady each every year? Every year going up. it goes up. You know, there's some fluctuations. Some years it goes up more than others, but it just continues to go up. And again, it gets to the sort of the supply and demand uh, and, the, and the fact that the private market doesn't work to create rental housing for people with the lowest incomes. When you see, you know, ads or read newspaper articles about new rental housing that's being developed just using uh, private market resources, Mm -hmm. it's generally very expensive, high-end luxury rental housing. Thankfully, there are some programs like the Chicago Affordable uh, Requirements Ordinance and other resources to subsidize units to create more 
uh, rental housing that is affordable to people with modest incomes, especially those extremely low-income households. Mm -hmm. But the resources we need from all levels of government, federal, state, and local, doesn't come anywhere near to meeting the demand, which is why we're particularly concerned about the agreement that Congress came to with President Biden recently to keep uh, HUD funding flat over the next couple of years or keep federal uh, the federal spending overall flat, which will impact the de- budget for the Department of Housing and Urban Development, because that means we it's going to be very challenging to get more housing choice vouchers to increase funding for public housing, to increase homeless assistance grants, and the resources that we need to get to a point in our society where everybody has an affordable place to live. Let's jump to the phones, Bob. Folks are calling in with the, their rent talk here. Here's Andy in Downers Grove. Hey, Andy. Hello. Welcome to Reset. Care to share how much you're paying for rent in Chicago? Um, well, I had to leave the city because the rent was just too high. And I lived in Chicago most of my life, and the rent, it was very affordable at the time, and now it's no longer. So I do live out in DuPage County, and I, I'm now paying under $1,000 a month. Mm, okay. Yeah, so, so Andy had to move. Thank you for sharing that, Andy. Bob, you're, you're nodding there because it sounds like that's sort of a, a story we, we hear often, folks having to just leave. Yes, people move far uh, away from where they want to live often just to find an affordable place to live. And that can mean, depending on where they work, that they have a longer commute, which creates more traffic congestion, which impacts all of us. One message we really try and get across is that the lack of affordable housing, obviously, it most impacts those people who lack the affordable housing, but really it impacts our whole uh society because we have the costs of addressing uh, homelessness. Mm -hmm. We have uh, more traffic congestion because people can't live close to where they uh, work and all sorts of other uh, problems that we all pay for. Yeah. Your group conducted this this study that we're talking about with the National Low-Income Housing Coalition. Just walk us through your methodology a bit. Well, there's data that uh, the federal government, mostly through the Department of Housing and Urban Development, collects every year on you know, what average rents are, uh, what people's incomes are, and look and basically compile all that data, break it down for different areas. uh, This data is available for every county in the country, every metropolitan area uh, in the country. And again, using that rule of thumb that Mm -hmm. people should only be paying 30 percent of their income for housing, figure out how much people would have to earn in order to afford the rent. We are fortunate here in Illinois, in Chicago, and Cook County, that our minimum wage is significantly higher than what the federal government requires, and mm-hmm. that does really help people afford a place uh, to live. But we need to do be working on two things. We need to increase the amount of income people have, not just people income people get through wages, but also income for people who are on public benefits like Social Security. But then to address the problem, we also need to be really increasing the supply of housing through public investment from all levels of government. Let's go back to the phones, Bob. Here's Grace in Lakeview East. Hey, Grace, welcome to the show. Hey. How's your rent? You're in Lakeview, so I'm bracing myself. Oh, yeah. Well, I got the pandemic special when I moved into my apartment two years ago. So I was afforded two free months, which averaged my rent out to seven fifty a month. Okay. Now I pay ten ninety five a month. Eee, that's quite the jump. Yes. How did that work it for you? It really is. 
Um, well, the last year I was unable to negotiate at all, so I was given no wiggle room. The first year they agreed to do 850. Um, now it's 1095. I'm a full-time student. And I work full-time and I live paycheck to paycheck. Wow. Yeah, sounds like a, another familiar story, Grace. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, interesting there, right? Grace mentions the, the pandemic special. Remember that when when lots of rents were super low, and I'm using air quotes <laughs> right it around seems that. To, it can seem the distant in 2020 now. and yes. 2021. That was that was so long ago. But remind us, you gave us a couple options earlier. But if folks are struggling, right? You know, Grace is one of many who mentioned having to work multiple jobs and, and living paycheck to paycheck. What options are there for folks, you know, if if they want affordable housing in this city and state? Well, there are researches like uh, IllinoisHousingSearch.org where people can search for uh, affordable and subsidized apartments. But this, the uh, situation that people are going to face when they look at those listings is that there's waiting lists pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. And particularly in uh, the city of Chicago, the waiting lists can be uh, years long, but there's waiting lists all over um, the state. It was great that during the height of the pandemic, when a lot of people did lose uh, income, that there was a lot of federal emergency rent assistance available so that if people did have a temporary loss in income, that they could get uh, money to help them pay the rent and make sure the landlords get paid. But that money has been pretty much exhausted. There are still some emergency Uh, programs available in Chicago and Cook County and the rest of the state, what's called court-based rent assistance, where uh, various levels of government are using some of the remaining emergency rent assistance uh, dollars to help people pay the rent if they're in danger of eviction. So if you have an eviction case filed against you, uh, you should find out about those resources that are available um, when you show up at court. Yeah. But those resources are going to run out probably Later this year, maybe the very beginning of next year, and then there's very other. There are a few other programs that help people pay the rent, like the state of Illinois has a homelessness prevention uh, program. Again, if people have a temporary loss of income, but the resources from those uh, are very small compared to what the federal government uh, was providing. And in general, again, we need the federal government to be creating more housing choice vouchers, putting more money into public housing, uh, creating more supportive housing to end homelessness. Those are kind of the long-term solutions we're looking at. We've been talking a lot about um, minimum wage earners, but uh, I want to go back to folks you brought up earlier in the conversation, Bob, and that's, you know, people with disabilities, uh, people with housing vouchers, maybe someone living off of Social Security checks, right? It's got to be hard out there for them, too. It's especially hard for them. The uh, average Social Security payment for a Social Security disability is just over $900 a month, which means you can't even afford $300 a month if you're just going to stick to that 30% rule of thumb. So again, you know, for those people on Social Security who do have housing, the vast majority of them are paying way more than 50% of their income for housing. They could be 70, paying 75% or more of their yeah. income for housing, which also makes it really important that they have other, you know, resources available like SNAP, formerly called food stamps, mm-hmm. and, you know, health care uh, coverage to make sure that they can stay housed and at least have some, you know, limited amount of economic uh, security. Uh, But there's a lot of people, again, you know, those minimum wage earners, even we know a lot of people, you know, would like to be working full time, but they, you know, they're not able to because they're in school or they can't find a job or whatever. And so there's people who are underemployed and then 
other people in the other situation are working two or three jobs in order to, you know, get everything they need in order to pay the cost of living. Absolutely. Let's jump back to the phones. We've got Renee in North Center. Hi, Renee. Welcome to the show. Hi. How, how are you? Doing well. How about you? How's your rent? I, um, it's really high. Yeah. Um, Join the club. We live in North Center. I'm a single mom, and Mm -hmm. we've been rented out of our apartments numerous times over the past, I mean, past 10 years. And between moving from apartment to apartment, not being stable, it's, I mean, we're barely scraping by. Yeah. We have been fortunate in the past few years to have found this very vintage gem in North Center. Mm -hmm. Um, We live in North Center because... You know, I wanted to send my son to a great school, and he has, you know, he has special needs, and um, we're we're here now. And yeah. even though we have this, you know, very very vintage apartment in the land of million dollar homes, we still pay over almost eighteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah, for, I can believe it. Yeah, for, and you know, I'm I work for Chicago Public Schools. So, and mind you, I love my job. I love where I work. I love what I do. I can't leave the city. So leaving Chicago is not an option for for Renee. Wow, thank you so much for for sharing your story. She started out by saying, she said, we've been rented out numerous times, right? You know, forget the the one move, right? Numerous times, Bob. That's tough. You talked earlier about minimum wage in this state, you know, being higher than the national average and and, and how we, we sort of outpace a number of other cities and states across the country. But, I mean, if you had the power, I'm, I'm curious, what would you make minimum wage in Illinois so that things could be more affordable for folks? Wow, nobody's ever asked me that before. Well, again, $20, $25 an hour, that'd be great. I'll just throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, you know, the lack of affordable housing is it's sort of supply and demand. So we have to be working on it from two different uh, angles because if we're only increasing people's income and people can pay more and there's the same supply of housing, then, you know, property owners uh, motivated by profit will charge more what people can't afford. So we need to be working both sides, increasing people's income and expanding the supply. Yeah. Um, What organizations can you share that are doing work to to address the needs of people who need rental assistance? Well, uh, we always tell people there's lots of uh, nonprofit agencies in the city that are providing rental assistance or assisting people who are homeless. Uh, rather than give a long list of agencies' names, we uh, it's always recommended that people call 311 and ask for uh, emergency assistance. I think it's important to use the word uh, homeless prevention um, or if you are uh, – uh, are already homeless, yeah. you can say, I need to be rapidly rehoused or I need to go to an emergency shelter. And those are some key things you can say to make it more likely that you'll get uh, the resources uh, you need. We know from talking to people that calling 311 can be uh, frustrating, Yes, but it really is the best uh, resources and more effective than just calling, you know, uh, a whole long list of social service providers uh, at kind of at random. So. Yeah. We'll leave it there for now. Bob Palmer is the Policy Director at Housing Action Illinois. Thanks so much for breaking that down, Bob. Thank you.
This episode of Reset was produced by the newest addition to our team, our intern, Nadia Hernandez. Great job, Nadia. Now, if you would like to keep up with everything that's going on on Reset, consider subscribing to our podcast and our daily newsletter, which you'll find at wbez.org slash Reset News. Thanks for listening. Let's talk this afternoon. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.